1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Welcome to The Waves. This is our Golden Bachelor recap podcast. Every week we're talking about the latest episode of the newest installment of The Bachelor franchise and 72-year-old Gary's Quest for Love. I'm Daisy Rosario, Senior Supervising Producer here at Slate.
1: And I'm Laura Stassi, host of the podcast Dating While Gray.
2: And I'm so excited to be here, not only because I get to recap The Golden Bachelor, which I've been enjoying in so many ways, but also because... I'm a huge Laura Stassi fan. I love Dating While Gray. I'm very happy to have gotten to be a part of kind of like the inception of it. And I hope that people listening to this podcast are, you know, checking out the show, Laura. I love having you here.
1: Thank you. you're not giving yourself enough credit. You were the brainchild. When I first met you, I was a writer who had hardly heard of a podcast, but you were part of this. You were the the lead on the pod shop, a podcast incubation program. You discovered me. You really did. (laughs) (laughs) And there are a lot of people 50 and older who are very grateful. So including me.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I think that's too much credit. I, I, I told people as soon as we were talking about the idea to even do a recap podcast for The Golden Bachelor, I was like, we should reach out to Laura because I have such vivid memories of meeting you during that application process and immediately being like, well, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat her. I'm pretty sure she's going to get in. I really would love to hear her talk about <laughs> dating anybody. So so I'm so happy to be here. Um, so that's just a little background for you listeners, just to give you a sense of kind of how we know each other. And, you know, again, check out Laura's show, Dating While Gray. I've just learned so much. I mean, dating is wild in general, but it's especially lovely to hear about the different phases of life, if you will, and kind of where people are going. And, and for me... Admittedly, that's a big part of why I am, even when I'm grimacing, I guess, I'm overall enjoying The Golden Bachelor so far, (laughs) in part because of those moments that do come through where the place that these people are in their lives does show us a different version of what we might normally see on The Bachelor. So just to give you a little bit of an idea of my relationship to The Bachelor, since Shayna, who I'm sitting in for today, is of our two hosts, the one who usually has a lot of the background Bachelor knowledge. I have watched The Bachelor. I was never a consistent viewer. I have watched a uh, full season. I have a lot of friends who are into it. So in that way, I've been like invited during many seasons to kind of watch random episodes so I don't know all the characters usually but I'm very used to certain tropes of theirs and things like that and I've always found it fascinating in the part especially when they get to the home visits the hometown visits because you know it is usually a bunch of like young 20-somethings who when they're even describing what they're looking for in love you're a little like that doesn't sound healthy or great (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Yep. And then they go to the hometowns, and that's always so jarring because, you know, the contestant themselves is probably somebody who, like, moved to L.A., was trying to be an actor, decided to go reality TV a little bit more, and now you're, like, in their hometown with their actual family who always look like they are on very various levels of on board with the situation so I do know the franchise not as thoroughly as people that would consider themselves part of Bachelor Nation but uh, I'm not coming in cold just to give you an idea um, so Laura I really enjoyed your episode with Shayna last week episode 2 was bizarre alright so let's dive right into this week's episode mm. in that opening shot Gary's crying <sighs>
1: Gary's crying again. Now again. Here's the thing. I would be calling this out if it were a woman crying as much as Gary's crying. And I'm an right. emotional person. I mean, I cry you the, the the things I find myself getting teary-eyed about. I mean, it's pretty intense. But producers, enough. We know Gary's a sensitive guy. We get it. You don't need to keep shoving it down our throats that Gary's in touch with his ability to show his
2: emotions. Get over it, Gary, please. I mean, and that's part of what's funny to me is like, yeah, it's like I know that we are seeing very little of the amount of actual time that is being spent. So let's assume maybe Gary doesn't actually cry this much, but the producers are choosing to show us A lot of crying.
1: A lot of crying.
2: And so it's like, yes, like everyone should feel comfortable expressing their emotions. I right. love it when men are more comfortable crying without I have my brother not comfortable crying, literally tries to like shove the tears back in his face like he is confused by it happening. I'm glad that Gary's able to do it. But like, it feels like the only thing they're showing us. And right. Because
1: right. Gary's only one dimensional. He's emotional.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I know Shana said this before, so I will, again, uh, sitting in her chair today, uh, be like, yeah, I'm also, re- I'm worried about Gary. Yeah. Worried about Gary. Then we find out about this, like, group of friends, this mm. in an alliance, I guess, but like, not in a Survivor-esque way. I was going to say,
1: ladies, this is not Survivor. It is not. And, you know, they're talking about, I mean, okay, I think pretty much, I don't know what she's like in real life, but they've pretty much set up Kathy as... As. you Catty Kathy, because, you know, she They have
2: a little, yeah. Yeah,
1: I can understand, you know, wanting to have friends or whatever, but she immediately starts talking about Teresa. Um, you know, Teresa's clothes are so tiny.
2: I
0: think that it is clear, at least to me, maybe to the rest of my sisters here, Gary seems to have really formed a connection with Teresa. But can I tell you what I'm jealous of? Her damn clothes are so tiny. I if she's he's got like, she pulls out five
1: shirts out of a bag. That's my bag's like my underwear you know well (laughs) kathy's a small woman too she's just a tall small woman and so you know talking about and then you know she had that comment about have you noticed some of the women are kind of emotionalists until gary comes and then they you know get up to life and it's like okay she's talking about teresa so right come on kathy you know yeah aren't you bigger than this? And I was actually, I mean, I'm a Nancy fan. I'm surprised Nancy (laughs) was part of that. I just, I could see April as part of that, but not Nancy. I mean, come on, Nancy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So this alliance we're talking about is, uh, according to Kathy, they're the Askin Alliance, A-S-K-N, April, Susan, Kathy, and Nancy. I also can't help but Constantly think of both Chris Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner when I see Kathy and Susan, and <laughs> I just want to say, if you have not seen it, Kathy herself actually posted a picture. Oh, on on I think Instagram that was like, yes, you could call us Caitlyn and Chris, and it's a picture of her and Susan, and then it's next to a picture of Chris Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner. I honestly, like in my head, if I accidentally say Chris and Caitlin, that's who I'm talking about Um, because they really do look like those women. Yeah,
1: um, they do. I have to say I have not been a Susan fan up until I am now officially not harboring hopes that Susan goes home because Susan has proven herself. She's a team player. She's doing everybody's yeah. hair and makeup. She's cooking for everybody. And I think even as part of that alliance, she was laughing about it, but we didn't see her contributing to it. So I'm hoping she's just it's trying true. to be, a, yeah, get along, go along to get along. So I still can't see her winning.
2: Yeah, Susan seems really sweet. Yes. I can't see her winning either, but she does seem like someone who's going to make the whole experience like more pleasant for everybody. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, especially if they're in these rooms of bunk beds so there's a group date this week and the group date i i i do prefer the the dates this week to last week i you know again i wasn't the one talking about it last week but having them on the highway in the dark was making me nervous um this week's is a talent show yeah and when i first heard it was going to be a talent show i figured it would be kind of like for each other so i was actually really surprised when they were clearly at like a bar slash music venue with a stage and like performing in front of a random audience. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was a little intense. And I have to say the group date last week was the photo shoot, which was really cringy. We talked last week, you know, if you're going to do a group date, why don't you do something that you would normally do one on one and just expand it? And nobody wants to go on a date, a photo shoot, one on one date.
2: That's so weird. Yes, oh, I wouldn't have. Yeah, that's what you do when you've been together a long time and you are going to either announce an engagement, right? Or... And it's Christmas and you're wearing pajamas that, but, right, yeah. commemorate something. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. like mm, second date. Let's go take photos. Like, yeah. no, who does that? <laughs> yeah.
1: So I did, even though I wouldn't call it a date. I did appreciate that it was a. It required a little bit more creativity. However. Their creativity was all on the women. They were once again performing for Gary, which was so heteronormative. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I wish The Bachelor could think of something that got out of that box a little bit because it just really sets up the women as competitors and not friendly competitors because we all saw how everybody was looking
2: at Leslie when she performed (laughs) the... Yeah, Leslie, the dancer. The dancer and the baker. Mm-hmm. She can bake. <laughs> she also can bake. I felt the same way about the concept of the talent show in terms of like, oh, you're all just performing for Gary and the host. And
0: I brought along a friend. It's a very beloved member of Bachelor Nation. Caitlin Bristow. Whoa! Caitlin
2: Bristow. Uh... I don't know. Okay, who is she? So, Kalyn Bristow is she was a contestant on a Bachelor season and then oh. she was a Bachelorette. And then eventually, I can't remember if she did any more time with that particular franchise, but she did eventually go on Dancing with the Stars and she won. Oh, okay. Well, Yeah. We so, she's what... really locked into like ABC's like reality stuff in general. But I guess yeah, that's why some of the women were like, "Oh, I'm a big fan of hers because I guess she's pretty popular within Bachelor Nation."
1: Gotcha. Okay.
2: Yeah. So like I said, I I did feel like it was, I agree with you, the ick of them performing for Gary, but I did like how impressed they were for the most part with each other. Like I liked the moments where they were like, wow, look at us. We've got a bunch of different talents that we didn't think of. Like, I I thought that part of it was sweet.
1: Yes. I would also have loved to have seen more of Susan kicking her karate moves because- Oh my God. Yeah. What a powerhouse.
2: I know. That was a a great talent. I enjoyed a lot of the talents that we saw. What else did you like?
1: Well, I thought it was okay. The one thing that the producers know what to do is to tug at the heartstrings. Oh, yeah. they really set up. Joan Nicely. I,
3: I don't really have any talents that I know of, I know of but uh, you know, I'll give it my best, whatever it is. When Jesse announced we were doing a talent show, I like, I, I just want to throw up. I don't really have any talents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> People say you should do something that frightens you every day. I go, here I am, I'm doing it today.
1: She's so
2: nervous. Joan's like, I don't have a talent. All these other... When somebody does karate, uh, Sandra, who's like, I'm not a comedian, but I got a joke. And she literally paced back and forth on that stage. Like, she knew what she was doing. <laughs> you know, like, the sex ed teacher, Ellen, like, oh, she, like, I love that. also clearly talks in front of an audience all the time. Like, yeah, you had people who sing, you had all these things, and they were very, very much showing, like, okay, well, but she... Joan doesn't do stuff like this, you guys. Joan doesn't know what to do.
1: And she's so unassuming in her, like, white, was it a white T-shirt? T-shirt and jeans. And she said, okay, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. But (sighs) here goes. (laughs) It was, okay, so I know it was just so, but I did fall for that. I thought it was a really nice A really nice part of the show.
2: Yeah, I felt like they had set all that up nicely. And I mean, even with what Joan did, I felt like it wasn't, it felt very honest, but it didn't feel like lazy. You know, it didn't feel like, look, I don't have anything. So I got to come up with something. Like it felt very like, I honestly don't know what to do. I'm gonna make myself a little vulnerable and give it a shot. And so yeah, I thought that part of it flowed really nicely as well.
3: I am totally out of my comfort zone, but Gary, I want you to know that I composed a poem for you and it's titled, I Just Hope I Don't Vomit on Your Shoes. <laughs> so here it goes. The limo finally came to a stop and they told me to get out. Really? Gary's that many steps away? Is all I could shout? A long tight dress and four inch high heels that already started to hurt. My only goal was to reach Gary without planting myself in the dirt. Now, each time I get the chance to talk with our sweet Gary, my hands shake a little less because he makes things not so scary. So, as I stand here today without a talent to expose, I recite this poem to you, Gary, because I really just want another rose. (laughs) I hope you can see that being on this stage could really give me the blues. And that you'll give me some extra point for just not vomiting on your shoes.
1: Yeah, because the poem was very much her. It was, you know, I hope I don't vomit yes. in your shoes. It wasn't like it, it was funny. The stars are blue, the sky is white. Right. I hope yeah. I go home wasn't with you tonight. Like
2: Shakespearean <laughs> sonnet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Joan overcomes her stage fright. She reads a funny poem. She she wins the talent show, and the prize for the talent show is a one-on-one date with Gary. So. After this whole talent show, Joan and Gary go on a dinner date. What did you think about the date? I have
1: to say, again, this is me being, I don't know, traditional. <laughs> if I were to be traditional, they really look great together. <laughs> They're yeah. both tall and slender and light haired. And I mean, I just think they look like Ken and Barbie in
2: many ways. I mean, I found myself thinking they look, to, they look great together. as Yeah. Well, you know, I think like that's not just about like level of attractiveness it's like yeah no they look like they could physically keep up with each other they look well matched right like I have my best friend and her husband also look very well matched um you know but it's like it's adorable because they're like short in the same way and so they just look like well matched and that's what I was thinking when I saw Joan and Gary as well
1: yeah yeah my ex-husband and I people mistake us for brother and sister sometimes which is kind (laughs) of gross
2: (laughs) That happens a lot to the <laughs> queer community. I'll tell ya. Doesn't happen with me and my fiance, but uh, uh, it really well, does.
1: Yeah. Um but anyway, so I thought they looked really good together. I'm not sure their conversation was all that smooth. I like the fact that they got off of the whole marriage stuff. So I thought that was good. Um and but she when she started talking about being a new grandmother, just okay, so dating well-grade journalist Laura says, okay. You shouldn't be talking about being a grandmother on the first date, because I've said this before, studies have shown that men don't want to think of women as caretakers. They want to think of them as romantic partners. So, but then, you know, if this was a scripted thing, then of course you're saying, hey, bring up the fact that you're a grandmother. So, right. (laughs) What did you think? Did you think they were comfortable with each other?
2: I think it looked a little awkward to start. And then I started to get the sense that they were actually more comfortable around each other than it maybe seemed at the beginning which was nice I mean I I agree I think like in general though the idea of like hey like let's don't get into all of that part right away especially like uh I am not in the over 60 dating pool but I do have you know widowed other older people in my life and I think a lot of them don't want to think about that right away. but I think for Gary, it works. It seems like for Gary, he's just so close to his daughters and all of that that I think like for him, that's actually like a thing he likes to get into. because hmm. <laughs> he always just seems like he starts staring even deeper into <gasps> their eyes when they're talking about it. you know Ooh, it's like he he grandma. leans in an inch closer and he's like, mm yes. I understand so much.
1: (laughs) So, yes, he looks like he's really intense and in them. Yeah. However, he used a line with Joan that I've heard him say before. Right. <laughs> How you make me feel. Okay, Gary. Now I'm not, you know, I'm taking brownie points off for your ability because he could have said something else, even if it were um, just, you know, I like the way your eyes sparkle when you talk about mm-hmm. your grandkids or, you know, something. But so I thought, okay, he's pulling that line out a little bit too much. So overall, I think the date went well. I think the fact that she had to leave or, you know, decided to leave made him, I think, If you if we had just seen that date, you know, like like I said, the first kiss looked a little awkward. The second kiss didn't look as awkward. But I think if she had stayed, I don't think it would have been so I don't know. I think they would have fizzled out because let's remember, she's also 12 years younger than he is. Um, I think sooner or later, that would have I don't know. I, I can't see them going the long haul. But who knows Well, he was got so emotional about her leaving. Maybe after the show, they can hook up. I mean, I don't know.
2: So, yeah, like they have this great date. And then the next morning, (laughs) the producers are very clear in showing us that Gary is, man, Gary's so happy this morning. Gary is bright eyed and bushy tailed and he is on his way over there. But Joan has been looking at her phone and she's like, oh, no. And she's heard from her daughter. And her daughter had apparently had a very difficult birth with their grandchild very recently. I think she mentioned a C-section. You know, there's a lot that comes with the recovery from that. Um, and so it sounds like, you know, it sounds like the daughter reached out and was just like, we really need you to come home. Things aren't going well. And so, yeah, she had to leave. So as much as I don't want to leave and I don't want to leave our journey, like,
3: I gotta be a parent. And I gotta, I got I gotta go home to my kids. And I...
0: So I understand.
3: I knew you would. I, I
0: get it. I understand. I can't tell you how disappointed I am. I was on, I was so excited this morning. I was out of bed dancing. Um, I was thrilled that we had a conversation like we did, but there's a moral compass that we both share. And, And sometimes the right thing to do is the hardest.
3: Although I know I'm doing the right thing for my family, I feel like I'm doing the hugely wrong thing for us.
0: Oh, I understand so disappointed.
3: Me too.
0: I'll be with you.
3: Thank you. And thank yeah. you for being like the best person ever to go on this journey with.
0: Oh, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Yeah.
2: And then we find out that the kind of the crying we saw at the beginning of the episode was a little bit of a preview of this moment. And I'm right. like, okay, good. Okay.
1: We understand.
2: Yeah. But I definitely felt like that was one of those moments where you could see it's like, it's getting real for Gary. He's like, oh. I just, I felt so amazing and now she's leaving. Like it's, you know, it's getting real with uh, fewer and fewer women. That's true. Um, Can I ask
1: a question? Why was he over there? I don't know why he went over there because he was like in, it looked like he had like- to me, it looked like they wanted him to look like he had slept in his clothes or, you know, right. put the same <laughs> clothes on. But she comes mm-hmm. out in her cute little pajama outfit.
2: So I'm like, why was he going over there in the first place? But I anyway, know, right? The producers were probably like, we need you to come over here so we can do this part. And then we'll do the other parts we were already going to do later. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> oh, can we talk about that? About the
1: fact that she had this phone? I thought they weren't allowed to have phones.
2: Yeah, it was a little confusing. So what I will say, I've had a lot of friends be reality TV producers. So what I kind of assume happened behind the scenes is like the cast of these reality shows, they have handlers like there's usually a producer that is assigned to maybe a group of them, and that'll be the person that they can go to when they're stressed out. Um, if they have food allergies like me, you know, things like that. There are people that are that kind of manage the sm- like small groups of them. I guess you could almost think of it like a camp counselor at a sleepaway up like you know it's like for your bunk not just because these women are in bunk beds but like um, so those people would have the, that that producer whoever that is the family of the contestants would have that person's contact information so I would imagine that the daughter probably reached out to the producer explain the situation and then they were like okay probably let Joan speak to her daughter you know separately and then they would have, like, staged this little explanation.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
2: That's my assumption. And then Joan leaves, and Gary has a one-on-one date with Ellen. Yes. Who is the, again, she's the middle school health teacher. (laughs) She does give off PE teacher
1: vibes in all the best ways.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Michael Costello showed up, which I was excited about it. I was like, it's my time to shine.
1: Okay, who is Michael Costello? So I'm just so out of it. Was he on um, Project Runway?
2: He was. Okay, yes. and I'm yes. a huge Project Runway fan. Like I've been watching it since the first season. Um, so I was always a huge fan of the show. And I've been deep in rewatching it. And he was a contestant. He was great. He did pretty well on the show. I don't know if he said previous appearances on The Bachelor, they kind of reacted like maybe he did a little bit. But I I know him from Project Runway, where I got to say, it made me laugh that he was on the show because he himself was also quite a crier on his season. He cried all the time. (laughs) So Michael Costello is um, there showing Ellen some dresses for her to pick from for her date. Gary said he wanted her to have some luxury, which I thought was a sweet idea. Uh, And then we just watch her try on a couple of dresses and we watch Michael... React, which is weird.
0: All right, let's take a look. You look beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. This dress looks like it was made for you. This is the one.
1: Did you Nine not get pretty woman TV. vibes? Have you seen that movie? <laughs> oh,
2: yes. I mean, I definitely <laughs> got much, pretty woman vibes. Pretty,
1: yeah. Very much um, pretty woman vibes. But I do like the fact, again, the producers are hitting my, what are they, pulling my strings or
2: heartstrings? They're pulling your heartstrings? Yeah. yeah. Because
1: I thought, okay, she, let's remember, she's 71, I think, 71 or 72. And she looks to me, just very naturally aging beautifully. I mean, she's fit. And so I love, I mean, so yes, it's a little corny
2: that we're doing this pretty woman stuff, but she looked good doing it. Mm -hmm. Gary also says that Ellen is somebody that he's very comfortable around, that he can be fully himself, but he wasn't sure yet if the vibes were romantic.
1: I thought that was an interesting comment. Yes,
2: right. I thought that was interesting, too. I mean, I appreciate the awareness. But yeah, so they go, she picks a a dress and they go on this date and they're on in a hot air balloon. (laughs) And uh, it definitely looks like, uh, you know, that he felt at least Gary definitely seemed to feel the romantic spark. Yes, he gave her those earrings. My gosh, he gave. Oh, my God, I forgot about the earrings. Yes, he gave her these pig earrings. I hope she gets to keep them. I was gonna say what's we know Gary didn't buy them. But you know, how
1: much did the producers have a role in? Okay, we're gonna give somebody this fabulous pair of earrings. And right? Maybe they could,
2: <laughs> who should it be? You That's know. a good question. I wonder if they more like assign it to different types of events. Like they knew like, okay, we're gonna bring in Michael Costello and this date. So we're gonna do a fashion thing. And then maybe, you know, and then Gary actually gets to, like, choose the person he wants to do that with the most. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, so much of these things are engineered that it's so hard to truly, like, give yourself up to all of it, yeah. I guess.
1: Yes. But now Ellen has those earrings plus the picture of herself in a wedding dress with Gary. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they're setting her up for a big fall if
2: she doesn't win. Oh, my God. Completely. <laughs> And then we get to uh, the drama. Then we get to drama that is like pre-rose ceremony, sort of during rose ceremony and post-rose ceremony. Um, And it's it's Teresa and it's Kathy. And it's like just a bizarre vibe. How would you describe what's happening here? Well,
1: here's what I think. Teresa, I do believe, I've said this since episode one of this podcast, I think she wants it too much. I think she very much wants to have find happily ever after and happily ever after for her is an end point. Like, I'm going to marry this guy, I'm going to move from New Jersey and my life's going to be beautiful. And so I do think she is kind of trying to Maybe psych out the other women. He's mine, you know. We have such a connection. Mm-hmm. Kathy. Okay. Are those are those tears real, Kathy? I mean, I mean. she's a strong woman and Way to play Gary, getting so upset, showing the picture of her her with her dad and when she was younger, so he could see how hot she was when she was younger. And, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. And he's, oh, you're such a strong person. Who could cause you to be so? I mean, and it's like, well, I don't want to name names, but, you know. Teresa, but she didn't say the whole
2: thing was so weird.
1: Yes, I do think she I think I think that was very manipulative on Kathy's part. I don't think it was innocently done, especially and then Gary falls for it. He gives her the rose. I mean, gives
2: her the rose pre rose ceremony. So she does not have to sit in fear during the rose ceremony. (laughs) You talk about a pity rose. Shana was talking about pity roses earlier.
1: That's a pity. rose.
2: (laughs) That felt like a pity rose.
1: Yes. And then if Kathy were so innocent, why would she like hoist it over her head like the, you know, Stanley Cup when she goes back to the other women? Look, I've got a rose. So, yeah,
2: I think that Teresa does want it too much. And I mean, like the whole situation was a little confusing, even as it started, because it was like it was like Kathy was talking Separately about kind of how frustrating she finds the way that Teresa talks about Gary to be right and then Teresa doesn't know this and then April (laughs) is the one to like convey to Teresa and I think she tries to do it you know in a. Kind of, hey, I'm just trying to keep things like copacetic in these bunk beds situation. But she's kind of like, if there's an intimate moment, the only way to handle that with dignity and respect for him and you, keep your mouth shut. Um, all the women have kind of talked about, you know, some, some of their interactions with Gary, obviously, but it does feel like Teresa, I, I don't think that Teresa is like doing it on purpose to bother people. I think she just wants it so badly and is kind of clueless as to how she comes off. Right. But yes, Kathy really starts taking it as like this really bad thing. You do see some other people, I want to say like Faith and maybe e- Edith, even being like, I didn't think it was that bad. I feel like Teresa and Kathy are just essentially more oil and water. It's just more like these two people would never spend time together in real life because. Their personalities just don't blend. I don't think that what Teresa was actually doing was about anybody else. I think she is just so in it. I agree. And then, yeah, Kathy has her time with Gary (laughs) and is kind of like crying and is like, "I, I, I, I don't know what to do about this situation. Somebody else is, you know, making me feel bad, essentially, about their relationship with you or, like, that I should be ready to go. And then Gary's like, I can't believe this. Who did that? And then he (laughs) finds out. And Teresa's in the bedroom with Faith, and Faith is, like, comforting her. And Gary comes in to talk to her. Hey, what's going on? Oh, hi, Gary. How are you? Why are you in our messy bedroom? (laughs) Well,
0: well, first off, Mm -mm. take a little breath and then talk to me.
1: Yeah, so apparently... Everybody thinks that I've been boasting about that I have a connection with you.
0: I can't believe it was Teresa. It's just very unfortunate because having had a one-on-one date with Teresa, I found her to be very (laughs) tender-hearted. You know, if in your heart you don't believe that you were boastful, you don't believe that you were doing anything to hurt someone, then I think you should let it go.
1: Can I say... Teresa played that so well. Yes. I mean, Teresa knows what she's doing. She really does. Because when she found out, oh, Kathy got a rose, all she had to do was cry. Oh, here come my tears. Tell Gary I'll be in the bedroom.
2: Right. (laughs) I do think Teresa knows what she's doing in terms of her interactions with Gary. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the rest is like a social cluelessness of like.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like, okay, if uh, this worked for Kathy. I'm not going to let Kathy get the best of me on this. Right. I'm now going to be upset because Kathy clearly misunderstood me. And actually, Kathy, you know, when they had that conversation, Kathy was being so accusatory of Teresa. All she had to say was, "Exactly, I'm uncomfortable. It makes me feel this way instead of, you you know, no, you need to stop doing this. It's like, I don't want to hear it. So, you know, if you
2: bring it up to me again, I'm going to excuse
1: myself, right? I don't want to talk about it.
2: There were so many ways to convey that. It definitely was something where you could, yes, Kathy is assuming overwhelming negative intent. And then trying to fix
1: Teresa's behavior, right? which we all, I mean, takes a lot of us a long time to learn this. <laughs> You can't change anybody else. Just
2: got to change yourself. Yes. I do like that in general, the reaction from kind of the overall group is kind of like, guys, what are we doing? Like, we're not here for this. We're older. We get stuff. Like, why are we having to deal with this drama? Like, there's drama, but nobody... Seems to j- want it <laughs> like in yeah. a way that on reality shows people usually feel like they lean into it. Oh. They do seem like they're like, come on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, for the most part. So yeah, it's so funny. And then we go through the rose. I mean, again, this drama kind of happens before, during, and after <laughs> the rose ceremony. So so Kathy's gotten her pity rose um, before the ceremony actually begins. Then we go to the ceremony, and Gary gives out the roses and they keep showing teresa and teresa hasn't gotten one yet and so oh my god now she's worried like did the conversation with kathy make gary not interested anymore oh my god and so of course they save her to the last one and she gets a rose of course she does.
0: teresa Teresa, will you accept this rose?
2: I would love to. (laughs) Thank you so much. And this time, since Joan has already left, there are only two women who don't get roses. One is Christina. I don't don't really know.
1: We never got it. Christina, we hardly knew you. I mean, she looked to me like she looks a lot like Joan. And uh, there was another one, Jeannie. Those three, uh, very tall, long blonde hair attractive yeah so I felt bad because you know there was really no I'm trying to re- remember if if Christina ever got any kind of any kind of camera time
2: I don't remember any and there's only been three episodes so <laughs> I think we if we have to rack our brains this hard yeah exactly and probably not um we also have to say goodbye to Edith and her Aww. beautiful beautiful hair
1: uh, yeah, thank you. Yes, and she was the first one out of the limo, as we remember, in that gold yes. dress with her long white hair. Just and...
2: beautiful, Emmy Lou Harris vibes. I love her beautiful hair.
1: Yes, me too. You know how well, as you can see.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah, it's a shame. It it did seem like she faded a little bit, um, as far as camera time. So I don't know if he just never was able to connect with her. I am surprised she left as soon as she did. Although she left after I I'm, I'm surprised Natasha left last week. So I clearly can't be picking these women because I don't I don't know what Gary wants. I don't know what the producers want.
2: <laughs> I think Gary wants prolonged eye contact, a little uh, like a dog. I think he's just like because it's always like you made uh, you make me feel good. You make me feel like you care, yeah. or you're really interested in me. And so I think I think Gary might be a, a golden retriever in human form, and he just wants extended eye contact. That's That's the best I can come up with so far. You know, that kind of reminds me of
1: something, though, which is when he was on the date with Ellen. Yeah. Do you remember? Okay, this stood out to me. I don't know if it stood out to you. He was talking about her relationship history. And he said... Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: No. Please remind Uh, me.
1: He said, so you are no longer married. And I'm like, okay, is divorce a dirty word in Mm. Bachelor Nation? Because Mm -hmm. why would he put it that way?
0: I know you're no longer married. How did you meet your husband?
1: At a camp in the Catskills, we were 10 years old. And that was the route to a long and really good relationship that lasted 25 years.
0: That's pretty sweet. Yeah. With you L are and the,
1: no I can longer married. She's like, uh, that's right. And then he, she didn't say he died or we got divorced. They did. They never use the D word. And it's like, I'm like, okay, because Shane and I were talking, uh, I think it was last week, about she asked me the question, do I think Gary's going to have a different relationship or different interactions with the divorced women? Versus the widows. Versus the widows. And I was saying, well, we don't really know yet. But now I'm thinking, okay, maybe he is because Edith is his ideal in many ways. But she's, you know, got the scarlet letter, the scarlet D. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's not going to work for him. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, he might like even it might not even be that conscious and that he might, you know, have one where it's kind of like. I'm widowed, so I know exactly what I want and what I'm missing. And maybe like that he thinks like divorced people aren't necessarily the same way, but I don't know if that's like overly conscious in his mind, but I could see that potentially being, you know, there. Yeah. Without him necessarily being that aware of it. Yeah. Okay, so um, there's just one more moment um, in the episode that I want to get into before we'll get into what we're expecting for next week and some of our predictions. So after the rose ceremony, but when they're still in the rose ceremony room, still standing, by the way, like, just give them the chairs. Give them the chairs that were suggested. Let's just do that, guys, please. You see, after Teresa gets her rose, she goes back to stand where she was. She's standing next to Kathy. The two of them start talking for a moment.
1: Did you have a really nice night, him? I, mean, I was mostly crying.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, he's just, you know, he's just such
3: a great guy. He's so nice. So intuitive. He came up to me and said the most wonderful thing. He came up to where I was bawling my eyes out in the bedroom. he's come to your bedroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Teresa, that's the kind of stuff you need to keep to yourself.
1: Right, but here's the thing. Okay, like I said, Teresa knows what she's doing. Teresa was asking Kathy about her interaction with Gary. And Kathy had just finished the whole show saying she doesn't want to hear about anybody else's interactions with Gary. So why did Kathy answer the question? Why didn't Kathy just say... You know what? Remember, I really don't want to talk about it.
2: Exactly. But
1: she left the door right open because you know Teresa wanted to talk about, yeah, he came into my bedroom.
2: Exactly. I know that's the thing. Like I don't I don't think that Teresa would have actually like brought up that detail had Kathy not opened the door. Exactly. So that's why I think they are just like oil and water. It's like Kathy's like, Oh, I find this annoying, but it's also like, Well, Kathy, stop throwing breadcrumbs for her to come at you that way. Like <laughs> like, you know, like she because because Teresa really does. She just kind of gets these like moony eyes about him. And yes. that was something that they even showed a lot was like <laughs> just her kind of having this expression of like, oh. Uh, you know and so i think she's just not that concerned about the other people there um so if you give her that kind of opening she's gonna be like ah because it's all she wants to talk about and she she's not allowed to be texting friends and family <laughs> so like it's gonna come tumbling out stop creating the opening and then being mad about it right exactly
1: oh kathy come on
2: yeah learn your lesson lady <laughs> oh my goodness um so there's nine women left nine this has gone fast I know. Who is your prediction at this point?
1: Yeah, um, I really do. Okay, so I went with Ellen last week. I'm still with Ellen, even though, you know, there are some spoilers out and I'm really trying not to. Oh, I mean I've been avoiding. Right. It's so hard. Right. And um, I, I saw one spoiler that, or you know, like a headline and I was like, okay, stop. So the, the headline made me, uh, led me to believe it might not be. Ellen, but I'm still going to go with Ellen. But can I say, I really think I'm going to solidify my pick after next week. Okay. Because next week is when they're playing pickleball.
2: Finally pickleball. (laughs) I wrote pickleball in all caps in my notes. I was like, finally pickleball.
1: And Gary likes pickleball and Ellen loves pickleball. Apparently she's a Can you be a pickleball co-captain? I didn't know that was a a job description. Yeah,
2: I doubt that she gets paid for the (laughs) role, but uh, since that might be what she's like, this is what I spend, uh, you know, 40 hours a week doing at (laughs) this point. Okay, so
1: I'm going with Ellen.
2: Okay, I like that choice. I think if Joan hadn't left this episode, I might have been leaning Joan just after this episode um, because of the quality of the conversation that they had and the way it seemed like they, you know, kind of got over... The little bit of awkwardness. And, you know, like I, like you said earlier, they something about them just looks nice together. They look well-matched. But I think for me, yeah, I think for me right now, it's Ellen as well. Because ah. I think um, Ellen, you know, she's fun. She's funny. He does seem very comfortable around her. That's something he keeps saying in this episode was like, I can really be myself, which, you know, we're not seeing enough of Gary to know how he's himself other than crying. And again, intense eye contact, but you know, like that does count for a lot. And only somebody themselves knows when they feel like they're fully being themselves around somebody. So, you know, the fact that he said that I thought was pretty special and it is getting, you know, the the group is getting tinier. So yeah, I think I'll go with that.
1: Although I have to say, I do think when you see them interact i think the couple that has the most chemistry is faith and gary i think they look like they their kisses look more like they really are into <laughs> each other so yeah it'd be interesting to see how far faith comes um it will be yeah and if she elbows out ellen for the win although okay here's a per who do you think is going to be the last woman standing Teresa or Kathy? Who's going home first between those two?
2: That's a great question. I would like to say, I think it will be Teresa. Oh. I think it'll be Teresa just because I think she's so moony-eyed. Like I said, she's so just like, Um, and I think that as he does build deeper connections with the other women, those connections are going to be built on things that are a little bit more than just being like so excited about him yeah. and i think that as that happens right like that might surpass that and i think kathy is just uh a little bit smarter a little like knows how to p- play the game in a way that that feels weird saying about the show even though it's both like true and not true um so I just I could see her kind of making it a little longer. But I don't okay. I don't think I would say that either of them would be my expectations to make it to like the end.
1: OK, the interesting. Top, even the
2: top two or three.
1: Oh, because I would peg Teresa for the top three.
2: You know, she might. But I just I'll just be surprised. I feel like her I feel like her interactions with Gary might start to shift as she feels more uncomfortable in the general space. Because if she starts being like, oh, this is the only person that's like really nice to me, that's going to be a very different vibe. um, True. Than like what she's bringing. But that's my, that's the only reason I really think that, I guess.
1: True. And we don't know how active she is. I'm trying to remember. And all the other women seem like they might be more active. So it's going to get boring. I mean, how, you know, it's fun when somebody's like totally in love with you at the beginning. But after a while, doesn't that get kind of boring? We know how it is when people are just... (laughs) Fall madly in love with us
2: without even knowing (laughs) us, right? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. It feels, uh, yeah, it feels a little unhealthy. Like, it feels a little like, (laughs) homie, he does seem like a very lovely man. But, like, take it down a notch. And I do feel like the other women... Talk about it in a way that is hopeful, but does feel more realistic. And I mean, in general, because these are all older people, like the way that they even talk about what they want and what they expect feels so much more real and tangible than the usual bachelor contestants or reality dating contestants in general, because, you know, again, like they're usually like, I'm looking for this and, the, and these things where you're like, that's actually a little bit of a toxic description. Like, <laughs> you know, you might I'll watch these shows sometimes and be like, yeah, I felt that at 24, too. And then after therapy, I realized not a great way to think about it. Whereas like the, the people on this show really seem like they're like, yeah, I feel like I've got some life left in me. They know what good relationships look like and they seem much more sane and what they're looking for. But Teresa does feel like they She's like a Disney adult, a Disney senior or something who's like looking for Prince (laughs) Prince Charming, Charming. King Charming, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah. So I think that for me is kind of like where I land with her. Gotcha.
1: Sounds like a plan. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
2: Yeah. But I enjoyed this episode. I mean, I just last week really stressed me out. This one was just much more laughing and entertaining and occasionally rolling my eyes, but just uh, overall, just more of a good time. Yeah.
1: I can't wait till next week, though. I mean, I don't want to wish my life away, but I cannot wait till next week.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to see pickleball so bad. I want to see pickleball in the exact same amount that I did not want to see them driving on the highway. That really terrified me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So we will be back next week to talk about episode four. I will be once again sitting in for Shayna Roth and she will be back the following week. Laura, thank you so much for doing this. I am so excited to get to talk to you about this and in general. I know
1: Daisy. Thank you for inviting me. And I can't wait to talk next week too. What a treat.
2: And don't forget to check out Laura's podcast, Dating While Gray. You'll hear a little snippet at the end of this episode. It's not a slate podcast. We just think it's a great show and love having Laura here as a co-host. So please go check that show out. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. It comes out every Thursday. So you should listen to that in the morning before you watch Golden Bachelor in the evening. Perfect idea. Exactly. Your whole Dating While Gray day. So thanks again, Laura. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you. I'm Laura Stasi, host of Dating While Gray. We have new episodes, like an inside peek at The Golden Bachelor. I filled out the application and absolutely forgot about it until February of this year when I got a phone call from the casting director who asked me, are you still single? And I thought, who are you and why are you asking me this question? Plus, we follow up with some of the stories we've shared in previous seasons. You would think that as a 58-year-old man, I would be able to have that sort of conversation with a woman, but it was not something that I was able to do. Dating While Gray. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.